Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for SB Live Sports, the Believe Podcast Network. Conversations with experts, typically basketball. Today's is going to be a fun one for me. Someone who I worked with daily when I thought my career was going down the coaching path. His is now going down the coaching path. He's quickly ascended the ranks at one of the best. He will probably tell you the best college basketball program. That is Duke, none other than assistant coach Nolan Smith. Nolan? It's been a way too long since uh, we've been able to chat and say hello. How is life back in North Carolina these days? Life, life is good, Dan, and thank you so much for having me. You know, you mentioned last last time I think I seen you was probably back in Portland, and I'm getting flashbacks now. Walking in the gym early for ball handling. You, you flipping the ball at me, saying, "Let's go, let's get to work." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's funny because, uh, you know, I run a lot of camps and clinics here in the Spokane area and uh, ball handling and footwork are always basics of everything I do. And yep. for you to say that and remember that all these years later uh, makes me makes me think back that, you know what, I haven't changed a lot of my philosophy. So that's awesome to hear. Hey, man, the, base, the basics is where it's at. You, you, t- you help teach that better than anybody I've ever been around, for sure. Well, I appreciate that. So you've been around a ton of of good coaches throughout your career. Um, you, you went to a couple of high, uh, high schools in the Maryland area growing up, but then you went to Oak Hill Academy. I actually had Steve Smith uh, on this podcast a few months back. Um, so you were coached very well from a young age before you even got to college. And we'll talk about Coach K's influence on you. But when you look at a high school coach, um, what are the things that stand out to you, both recalling your playing career, but now as a college coach, when you see it from a different perspective? Yeah, I think when I think back on all the high school coaches that I had, I, I always I always wanted to play on really good teams and play alongside talent because at the end of the day, that if that's your end goal of the NBA, you have to learn how to play with other stars. And if you can be a star among stars, then you're you're pretty good. You can fit in. So for me, choosing to go to Oak Hill, I wanted to go there and play with Ty Lawson and Michael Beasley and all these talented guys. And the one thing I take away from Coach Smith is that he challenged us to compete every single day. And as I went on to college and leave there, I realized that was that was the only message and the biggest message daily because that's what you have to do at the college level is compete and push yourself every single day. You're going against guys that are bigger and stronger and competition is is is, is basketball. <laughs> so Coach Smith taught that at a very high level. Obviously, anybody that follows 
basketball, at, <clears throat> excuse me, at all levels closely knows the tradition and the success that Oak Hill has had. You mentioned a couple names. What is it like when at a young age you kind of move away from your family and you're just immersed in it? Um, how impactful was that to get you ready for college basketball at Duke? Yeah, it was it was exciting. Um, and it was it was a step that I wanted to take to challenge myself for for Duke and for the next level. But going to a school like Oak Hill, we we were the show. Every high school gym that we stepped in, I remember my junior year, we played in front of, I think it was about 20,000 fans in US Bank Arena versus OJ Mayo. Like I'm 18 years old playing in this sellout crowd. That's why I went to Oak Hill to prepare myself for the spotlight, to prepare myself to be in those moments and not fear those moments, but just those moments bring out, bring out the best in players. So that was a huge decision going there and it prepared me for going to Duke, that another place that when you step on the road or you step in the gym, you got to bring it. You know, Duke has such a reputation. Um, for some people, it's, it's, it's kind of a, their fear, they fear Duke. For other people, they love Duke. When you're a high school kid and, and Coach K calls you, and says, hey, Nolan, uh, we love your game. We're sold on your game. Uh, we want you to be a part of the Duke Blue Devil basketball program. How exciting is that? And how quickly did you commit? Or was it a process that you had to go through? Because I know for a number of guys, they'll have a, a bucket list school. If that school offers, boom, no matter what, they're going to go there. What was it like for you? It was a very quick decision. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm older. I'm in that that generation where we didn't we didn't waste time and put out full list of 29 schools. <laughs> I kept I kept my list very short and made my decision. When you know, you know. And it came down to Louisville, where my dad played, won a championship in 1980, and Duke. So it was a hard decision to go against following in my dad's footsteps directly and going going home to Louisville or Coach K and Duke. And I made the decision really based off the school, um, life after basketball, and Coach K just preaching that when the ball stopped bouncing, I was going to be a part of the Duke family and now the brotherhood forever. And my mom, she, she, you always trust your mom's gut. She knew that he was telling the truth. So the minute he left my house, she, I remember she looked at me. She said, "You're going to Duke." <laughs> I was like, yeah. I like, I will, mom. I I trust you. Let's let's do it. And then, I mean, winning, winning obviously was something I always did in high school, and I wanted to continue to do. So to play alongside other winners, Kyle Singler was in that class. So when I when I first looked up videos of Kyle Singler, I said, oh, I want to play with him because <laughs> he was he was the man. For your listeners, by West Coast, they they know Kyle Singler. Kyle Singler was a competitor, one of the fearless competitors. Uh, amazing player. I wanted to play with a guy like him because I knew who's going to make me better. You know, that's that's something that you've kind of touched on a couple times now. You wanted to be a part of a winning program, being around other good players. I've always found that the best players don't shy away from that competition. They actually want to be in that uh, to push themselves to get better. Um, yeah. So you go to Duke to be around that. You know, a lot of guys are going to go where – you know, maybe they could start as a freshman or kind of be hand of the ball. Now you went to Duke and you earned everything you got. 
you started yeah. a little bit early in your career, but you really developed as a player throughout your whole career before you became ACC Player of the Year, an All-American, and a first-round draft pick. Yeah. T- take us through the progression that you had as a player um, because everybody gets excited about the one-and-dones now, and rightfully so, they're talented, but not enough people understand so many guys like yourself or myself who were in, was in college for five years you know, just what it takes, the continual improvement and belief in yourself. Yeah, no, the process, the process that you just mentioned it to finish up my college career as an ACC player year was a amazing journey, but a hard, a hard journey because it wasn't handed to me. And I, and I thought it was going to be handed to me, but that wasn't, that wasn't the case. When you choose a school like Duke or any D1 school, there's always going to be somebody there that's been there that might be bigger, stronger, tougher, better IQ than you and you come in I was a McDonald's All-American and Demarcus Nelson and Greg Paulus and these guys were in front of me I had to work and I was a shooting guard in high school I played with Ty Lawson and Brandon Jennings so I was known as a scorer and but as a 6'2 175 pound guard I had to learn how to also become a point guard didn't come natural but that was a huge part of the process and learning who I was as a player um Fast forward, I found out I'm a combo guard. I could be a point guard, but my strength was scoring. But I found out that I could be aggressive scoring, but also make the right plays when it was all said and done. But each year, but from freshman to my junior year, even as my senior year, it was really just the amount of work that I had to put up, put in in the gym, going home to PG County, Maryland. Um, early mornings, late nights, playing pickup with with Kevin Durant and Mike Beasley and these guys. It was a lot of work put in. Like I'm still in college. These are my peers. They're in the NBA, but everybody runs their different race. And I knew I had to run a different race than them. Those those two guys I just mentioned, those guys are freaks. <laughs> those guys are six, nine, seven foot freaks. I had to run my race, but I did it by just trusting the work and trusting the process of it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then boom, my, my junior year, I come back. I'm averaging 17 a game. Everything's going well. I'm comfortable with who I am as a player. I'm comfortable with the coaching staff and I take off and senior year again, I didn't, I knew I wasn't ready for the NBA to be successful, successful, but so I, it was an easy decision to come back for my senior year and play alongside Kyrie Irving and dominate with him but then he got hurt and then from there I was just able to just play basketball and win ACC player of the year and have an amazing senior season but that that process was so much fun because it wasn't easy I love how you say run your race and everybody's career has a different kind of timeline for when they get their opportunity or or when they you know really get comfortable um as a assistant coach now at Duke you guys get a lot of five-star recruits. You get a lot of guys that um, maybe you guys see value in them on the recruiting and how they fit your program, but other schools don't. Um, being a younger player, not too far removed from from playing yourself, how do you kind of deliver that message that, you know what, we have to keep working, we have to get ready. Um, when your time is there, if you trust us and you do these steps, you will succeed. How, how do you kind of handle that process with your young players? 
Yeah, I think it's it's so different in today's climate, in today's world. And I, it's funny I say that I'm only 32. I'm not that far removed, but the climate has changed so much that I do have to somewhat tread lightly, but at the same time, be real with the players that I'm coaching because they need realness in their life as they go through this this career that they've chosen. Um, so I, I you can't say, oh, you're not you're not a pro right now. They all want to hear that they're pros, <laughs> but they have to say, yeah, you could possibly be, become a pro, but you're not that yet. <laughs> so yep. being real with them and being honest with them and telling them, look, this, this journey, everybody's journey is going to be different. You're, you're on the right path, but it's going to take steps. And when you know, you'll know. <laughs> and that's, that's the one thing that I try to do is just be honest with them and let them know when that time comes and you finally really, really take off you'll know it's time to go to that next level. I want to take a moment to tell you about some exciting news for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news, scores, videos, polls, photos, podcasts, player rankings, and much more. With the SB Live Sports app, it is now even easier to follow your favorite team. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers all the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans. With coverage from reporters Todd Millis and Andy Bueller, me, Dan Dickow, SB Live's recruiting expert, this SB Live sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. You had a, a short NBA career, and, and I don't say that lightly because you know as well as anybody does, just to get to that level, you've got to be uber talented. you got to make the most of your opportunities. But for, for a lot of guys, that big break, that big opportunity to extend your career doesn't occur. It doesn't happen. Um, how long did it take you to kind of move past that and know, you, hey, Europe's not for me. I don't want to live there, whatever the case might be. Yep. I'm going full-fledged into coaching or this is the path I think I'm going to choose. Yeah, it, uh, it, took, it took injuries. <laughs> it took injuries to – lead me to that final destination of the, of the, the, the basketball career. Um, and it, it, it took, as you know, some, the financial dramas of overseas to also lead me, <laughs> lead me there. You know, when you're overseas, you're far from home and those paychecks aren't hitting on time. You're like, ah, oh, man, what have I got myself into? I'm like, this is, this is different than the NBA. My goal was always the NBA. I never really thought about a career overseas. My dad played nine years in the league. So that was always my, my long-term goal. It's like, man, I want to be in the NBA long, just like my dad. But like you just said, that doesn't all, that's not always going to be the case. Not, not in that, at that level where everybody is really, really, really good. They're, they're in the NBA for a reason. Um, so then I tore my ACL playing with the uh, Delaware 87ers, found my way back to Duke. And then I was gonna go back to playing. You know, I was I feel like I was right there. So I was getting my 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 swagger back on the court and the Sixers were calling. So I feel like I, if I just got my knee back right, could get back 100 percent I'd have a shot. So 
I start rehabbing, I'm working my butt off like I did in my four years of college. I'm training and then I tear it again at, at the full year, almost at, a, almost at the exact year mark of when I tore it the first time. And after about a week of starting the rehab all over again, coach came in and was like, hey, son, you know, just want to let you know if you are done playing, if, if you thought about that, not sure where you're at. There's a, there's a there's a position for you available, so it took it took me probably about two weeks before I went to his office and said, hey, "Coach, I'm ready to start this next journey." Because one thing I heard was you can't be hat one foot in, one foot out when changing careers, especially when it comes to playing and coaching. If you still want to play, you're not going to think like a coach. You're going to think like a player. You got to you got to finally you got to take off one hat, and put the other hat on. So that was that was a huge. Uh, dilemma as far as making that decision to finally hang up the shoes, <laughs> hang up the shoes in which, you know, somebody, when we dedicated our life to the game of basketball as, as our passion, it's, it's a very hard decision. Um, I had to talk to my pastor and family and talk to a lot of people to, to finally be at peace with the decision I was going to make, but to do, to be here at Duke with coach and with John Shire, who was, I was, I was teammates with, it helped make the decision very easy um, to transition. Wow. That's, uh, that's very insightful. I know as a player making a transition, cause I did the same thing where I moved into what I thought was going to be a career in coaching, uh, where we, we connected years ago. Um, it is hard to have one foot in one foot out and you kind of do have to jump a hundred percent in one direction. Odd though, to me that it took two weeks to come back and tell coach K I'm in. <laughs> most most people would have been uh, Coach K is asking me to be a part of this program on on the coaching staff. I'm there. <laughs> right, right. What was uh, what was that like? Kind of having to uh, put Coach K on hold, so to speak, for a couple weeks. Yeah, it was it was awkward. <laughs> it was awkward. At least to me, it was. I kept. I was still in the gym. I was seeing him. He was kind of giving me the eye when he was seeing me doing my rehab. You know, so it was definitely a little awkward walking around because I, I, I knew that he really wanted me. You know, when a, when a coach like that offers you something, knowing that you're ready for it, kind of can see the way my my, my uh, rehab was going. He, he knew it was time. And just like always, he always knew when it was time for me to take off on the court. He knew. He knew. That's why he was that uh, amazing father figure in my life. He he knew. But it, it was awkward. But finally – two weeks came around and he was, he was still ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome that he was willing to wait two weeks. Obviously that two weeks has, has transitioned into a couple uh, promotions. You're now, you went from special assistant to, rec to director of basketball ops. You're now uh, one of the, the full-time assistants that goes out recruits you, you're running practices, your workouts, everything that you can imagine. What's been the biggest adjustment for you going from looking at the game as a player and maybe enjoying it when you watch it now to looking at the game as a coach, um, because that is a huge adjustment. Yeah, I think it was you know, the best way I can explain it for me was as a player, I watched film, I watched film with you. We always watched for how can I score? How can I get more assists or how can I rebound? <laughs> that's kind of how a player watches film. And then when I finally started watching film as with a coach's view, it was 
well, how did he score and what did the defense do to allow him to score and how can we move that defense to get a get put the offensive player in a better position to score or get an assist. So those are the two different views that I was changing from, you know, from player to coach. Yeah, that is uh that that's a great way to put it. Um, because there is a difference in how you look at it. And actually there's a third way because myself with all my broadcasting work, you know, I look at it in an, in another way, you know, because I, I don't have to, you know, quote unquote have a dog in the fight and try to make one team win or the other. I'm looking for strengths and weaknesses of individuals and teams and tendencies uh, to be able to be a little bit more insightful to people that are listening to the game. Um, so I like that. So you're obviously a, a, a big part of the tradition at Duke. They've had a number of All-Americans. They've had a number of NBA players. Um, when you walk into that Cameron Indoor Stadium, and I've had a chance to be there a couple times, and you look, you walk around the concourse, you see all the posters, the pictures, you look at the, the, the banners, the jerseys that are hung. Do you still get goosebumps walking into Cameron Indoor um, all these years later? I, I I really do, I really do. It's just one. It's one of those venues that's historic. At nighttime, best the best time that I really get those chills at nighttime because the lights are off, but there's only lights on the championship banners, and then at the other end it's on Co- Coach K's most wins banner. So it's a very just like dark feeling, but like like the god basketball gods are in there type of feel. It's a uh, it's special. So to be here every day and, and get that feeling this, this year walking out, I will say it was a very different feeling. It wasn't so much chills. It was like a sad feeling this year. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. I mean, you know, you look uh, at Atlanta college basketball, no fans. No and, fans. you know, Man. I obviously here in Spokane, I, I call broadcasting games for Gonzaga. They got one of the best student section atmospheres. Cameron indoor has been known for having maybe the best for, the last 25 years. So that had to have been impactful with you guys and how you played and how you prepared and just yeah. the overall feel, I could imagine. Oh, the feel was different. You you mentioned Gonzaga. Actually, I think when I was in Portland, I made it to a game there. That atmosphere was <laughs> amazing. We play, we play Gonzaga this coming season. Look forward to that. It will be a UNLV um, playing Vegas. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just to play in a, a venue like like Cameron with no fans, that the fans really impact the game. You know, when you think about eight to ten points that those fans might have an effect on, that was that was gone. You know, those historic Duke runs where the coach you make the opposing team call a timeout, that wasn't happening this year because that that fan aspect. Obviously, the players make the plays, but we all know those fans have a huge effect on those runs in college basketball. Um, to where it's like, you better call a timeout quick. You know, Dickie V, you better get a T.O., baby. <laughs> those, yes, those, moments, those, those moments were gone this year. And it was, it, it was, it was so different. And our guys, they, they battled through this year. And just like every co- college kid had to do this year, they all battled through with no fans. So for me, hats off to all the, all the college athletes this year that had to go through that. You know, I know we, we didn't have to. But uh, so I commend them all for having to deal with it. Yeah, it's impressive what those student athletes had to go through this year with with testing, with, you know, staying away from family and friends and not having a true college experience Uh, to stay on that topic of uh, of Duke players and tradition. 
give me your all-time Duke starting five. Because it's loaded. That's a difficult one. I wouldn't want to be put in your position trying to pick a Gonzaga all-time five. All-time Duke starting five. I'm going Jay Williams at the one. I'm going – Am I in it? Can I put myself in it? Of course. I would hope you would put yourself yeah, as, 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 as Gonzaga any day. Hey, you got to, right? I'm at the two. Jay Williams, myself at the two. Grant Hill at the three. Zion Williamson at the four. And Christian Leitner at the five. Wow, that's a loaded squad. That would uh, – a lot, a lot of firepower scoring the ball. You guys – you and Jay Williams uh, are versatile in the backcourt. The, the ability to hawk the ball defensively, that would be tough for a lot of teams. Um, give me an outsider's perspective on the Duke-Carolina rivalry because, you know, that Yankees-Red Sox, Lakers-Celtics, um, you know, those kind of always get brought up as the traditional rivalries. Yeah. Um, how special is it? to be a part of those games? And is there one of those games that maybe sticks out to you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a special rivalry. I mean, both both of them have that feeling, whether you're in Cameron or the Dean Dome. I think the fact that we play two times a year, sometimes three if we meet in the AC tournament, we're eight miles apart, you feel it year round. I mean, I, I obviously live down here now. I can go in the grocery store today and I might hear, Hey, you're no, I'm a Carolina fan, so I'm gonna stay over here. And it's just like, it's 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 May. Like you you're, you're still on that. Like you could just say good morning and kept it moving. But they're gonna make sure they let you know that they're a Carolina fan and they don't like you. That's <laughs> that's that's the rivalry. But that game is 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 special. No matter what, no matter the players, no matter the records, it's always gonna be a fight. It's always gonna be a war. Um, and it's it's shown that year in and year out. You know, it's being on this side of it now, it's hard because, you know, you played in it. Now when you're sitting there on the bench, you're like, ah, I wish I was out there. It's like, wish I could be in that fight with them. But it's it's the rivalry. The rivalry special. The rivalry special. Well, Nolan, I appreciate the time. It's been great to, to reconnect and, and catch up. It's been way too long since, since we've talked. Uh, or seeing each other, whether it's on a Zoom screen or in person. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get a chance to uh, run into each other on a broadcasting slash basketball uh, game opportunity. So appreciate you joining. And I do know that the Zags play Duke next fall. So I'm looking forward to watching that. I don't know if I'm going to be there, um, but I'll definitely make sure we're in touch beforehand. And uh, I give you a little uh, hard time because I'm going to be pulling for my Zags. Uh, that should be a great game early in the college basketball season next year. Absolutely. Well, I definitely hope you can be there. But thank, thank you so much for having me on, Dan. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.